five, four, three, two, one. Here we are, once again, another episode of That Record Got Me High. That's Barry Scott. That's Rob Elba. And we're here this well, week. That's Marianne Spellman. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we got her. Don't be shy. That's right. Do not be shy. We have a special guest today, and that guest is, as she said, Marianne Spellman. And uh, Marianne um, is from? Seattle, Washington. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wrong. <exactly. laughs> oh, no, she's right. She's right. Yeah, and so Marianne uh, is a, a good friend from um, that we met via the internet. And but we have visited each other many times, and uh, or if not many That's not times, creepy. then uh, at it's least not several creepy anymore times. to meet people on the internet. It's okay now. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've known There's you no since uh, two, 2012. Right. So that's a good long time. That is okay. And uh, Marion, so what? Uh, tell us a little bit about you yourself. Give us the short. Um, right now, I live here. I'm a concert photographer um, and a writer. And my concert photography world all began as a 16-year-old in shooting the Kinks. Oh, that is awesome. What, yep. How awesome. And How uh, irresponsible of your parents. And, and uh, coincidentally, <laughs> just, by, just by a weird coincidence, we're doing a Kinks record uh, for this episode. <laughs> Isn't that I remarkable? can't believe it. <laughs> know, no, and Marianne picked the record. Odd. And uh, what's the record that you picked, Marianne? Oh, the record that I picked is The Kinks Are the Village Green Preservation Society, which I think most most Kinks fans would agree is the finest record well, of I, their long really? career. Really? You think so? I, I don't know. See, well, Kinks fans are, are a very odd bunch, so I don't know if oh, most yes. Kinks fans would agree on anything, but I'm really <laughs> I'm really glad that, that you, uh, Barry said he wanted you to do the podcast, and I'm glad you picked the Kinks record because I'm, I'm a huge Kinks fan, but I on my master list of records, I changed like three times. I kept changing which, which Kinks record I wanted to do, and I just couldn't pick, so I'm glad that that you picked the record, and uh, and we're doing the record. Rob had several from the late 80s on the list. <laughs> no, I, I oh, didn't. I'm so sorry I, I to not. hear that. Lola. No, I have Lola, yeah, no, and then and, and I, Arthur. I was thinking Arthur, and then also Village Green. I was thinking yeah. that, and Muswell Hillbillies was on yeah. the short list, too. I kept changing it. So uh, Right, but I think, sh- I, I, I think I agree with Marianne is that, you know, you put this record on, and this is – they have great other albums, but this one is it's just a weird. Up there, it's yeah. it's this one's got a, it's a it's a whole complete sort of world. Yep. So yep. what year? What year? Um, what year was this when you were a sixteen year old and you were shooting uh, the the Kinks on tour? Uh, when was this? Well, the the first time I shot them, what it was nineteen seventy eight. It was their Misfits tour. And it was the first show that I had seen of theirs, and it was also the first time I had ever used a 35-millimeter camera. <laughs> was this like some make-a-wish thing or something? Did you have brain cancer? It was or? just a simple thing, is that at that point, if you were a Kinks fan, you couldn't go out and like buy Kinks posters. So I thought, well, if I take my own pictures, I can make my own posters and put them up on my wall. That's a great... <laughs> that's great. Was that. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant, actually. Okay, so you were already a Kinks fan at six, so it's 16, 1978, you were well, already your, a Kinks fan. Your father is English, correct? My now, dad, no, but we had a business right, in England. yeah. Yeah, when I was little. So he would often make trips back and forth to England. So I've been a Kinks fan since I was a preschooler. There you go. And, wow. and I have had this record 
since it came out. Are you, and wow. my dad brought it back from England for yeah. me. I'm, get, I'm actually getting goosebumps by yeah. hearing that. <laughs> On one of his trips, he was a money launderer, I think, right? Wasn't that? <laughs> you no, know, it all worked out. Yeah. Um, wow. So, Go. Uh, the way that I perceived this record as a little kid is very different, of course, than here and now. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit. Are you? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm. Um, can you hear me now? I yeah, can. Yeah, stand sure. wherever you are right now. Okay. Freeze and don't, don't move. move a muscle <laughs> for the okay. rest of the, All right. the podcast. I'm putting cement around me right now. <laughs> or okay. do what you want, um, and then uh, you know we'll we'll uh, we'll just dub in later what we think you might have said. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. Um, when I listened to it as a kid, I thought this was a children's record. Oh, I could see that. I could. Uh, I well, could it does. See that. I mean, it could be right because there's nothing except there's... for the songs about uh, prostitutes and things like that. Maybe, mm, but you wouldn't know that if you were a kid. No, you wouldn't. I barely got it now <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> it was very accessible as as something of a storybook to me. Right, right. right. It told these little stories. That's exactly right. Oh, that's yeah. You're exactly right because that's the thing, that's the one thing that it's I like want to say. It's like he has a little village, toy village that he set up yeah. and he's playing with the characters. Yeah. And that's, that's one and of the things I... And you can see it. Yeah, that, that's what I loved about Ray Davies. That's why Ray Davies is one of my favorite uh, songwriters is because he writes... It's almost like, I feel like sometimes he has a... He's tried doing like concept records and he has some concept... But for me, the Kinks, every song is like a little a little opera, like a little mini opera. Yeah. Every song is like its own little little mini play, mini yep. story, and yeah. that's what's and it's so great. And he's so good at doing that. And I don't I don't know any other songwriter that is so that has written so many amazing songs but, uh, like that. Correct me, I think I'm right. At the time, this record, people were kind of like, eh, and it just kind of oh, worse than that, really. Worse than that, it was a massive failure commercially. <laughs> wow, isn't that amazing? And so, well, sixty-eight. Well, by that point, they're competing with, you know, Jimi Hendrix and uh, yeah, psychedelic yeah. rock, basically. Right. And then, and then right. also at that time when it was released in the UK, all along the Watchtower was the number one. There oh, you okay. get right. right, right, yeah. You know, and then you've got the you've got the sort of the jams and the heavier rock and yeah. the hippies and the freaks. And, and this, this really could didn't not fit, have yeah, been didn't fit in with any, any of that. No, this does not right. have it that vibe have been more at all. Step with the times, right? Which maybe is, maybe that's a speaks to a sort of a a, 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 a um, cantankerous. Streak in the in the uh, Kinks, uh, um, the Davies brothers, perhaps. I mean, yeah, you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So we got to we got to talk. This record came out right in their little like band from the U.S. They were basically banned from the U.S. from 1965 to 1969. They weren't allowed to play in the United States. I did not. Why That's is correct. that? Yes, and they and um, and and uh, they, contractual stuff. No, it was something to do. It was really stupid. It's something had to do with not even the the U.S. itself, but with the um, music union, the American Federation uh, of Musicians. Okay, decided right. that they were because they were viewed as drunken hooligans <laughs> and basically assholes. Yeah. 
Really? And, and yeah. when you think about it, the Rolling Stones were allowed to tour here that whole time. Right. And then, yeah, it got busted for various different drugs, and right. it was like somebody paid the So judge. I think something, they obviously pissed off the wrong person, or and yep. obviously, yeah, yeah, right. And that was it. And they basically, yeah, were banned. But what ended up happening was they ended up making these really quirky... British, very British yeah, records right. for those years. We'll show you. Uh, and it, it's, it, it's you just what the, they did. We'll yeah. make some very British albums. We won't, we'll just toss that. Although, uh, uh, um, uh, last of the steam power trains on this record is as blues and R and B is, you know, it's, it's purely yeah. American, but there is a distinct overall, uh, Britishness to this record that is, um, Oh yeah. It's just, it's would like have been so hard. British. I, I guess it would have been, you know, but the, what do you think, Mayor? The, the Beatles sold their version of Britishness here pretty well, but the Kinks yeah. is perhaps a little more um, authentic or a little more, uh, maybe more... It's more detailed. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, he right. wasn't afraid to, to mention obscure things that, that would just go over the heads. Right. You know, even in the in the first song, he mentions tons of things. I still don't know what they are. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and, and you you can't overstate the power of the the band and 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 what that did and 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 at the same time when this ban was going on, there were very serious ongoing legal and management battles. So they were in court in oh, and right. out of court. Oh yeah, they had so much. Yeah, they had so much. It was almost like they, uh, they were cursed. They were like a cursed wow. band. Compared to like uh, the Who and the Rolling Stones and all that, and the Kings, yeah, just had so many battles. And didn't Dave and uh, um, Ray Davies? Ha- well, aside from him and Dave basically hating each other, <laughs> right? And literally and when getting did that into start? Oh, Mayor, when did they? When did they start hating each other? Uh, since Birth? Dave was born. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So there was yeah, never. Yeah, not. I mean, as Ray accurate. has written many times before, he was the little king of that family. He was the the seventh child, I believe, after six girls, and there oh, had been a big wow. gap in time between right. the last girl and Ray. So he was this prince, and then three years later, uh oh, another prince. <laughs> oh God, the baby. So he truly, truly resented Dave's presence, and and furthermore, they're very different people. Right. You know, they're not similar in temperament or you know many other things other than they share this same family <laughs> so uh, do you remember like uh, so how long did you actually spend um you know um uh, mm-hmm. with them on tour and like uh, like how long was it and it, did you actually get to meet them and speak to them i oh yeah i had to wait till i finished high school <laughs> to <laughs> nice. be able to yeah oh yeah um so i did that on and off for about four or five years oh wow that's amazing yeah so what so what's your impression of Ray Davies, Dave Davies, just as, as people? Really, really complex people. Yeah. yeah. As you would imagine. I, oh yeah. I can imagine because as much as I love Ray Davies and love his songwriting and everything, I could imagine him being a, a bit of a prick at times. And yeah. I just could, I could just picture that. Well, it's, it's, true for both of them right, you know right, and right. i will i will say forever until i die i have experienced the greatest kindness from ray davies in that he allowed this kid who knew nothing 
to be able to have this extraordinary access and learn how to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, really yeah. kind. At the same time, both the brothers can turn on a dime. <laughs> right. That's, anybody, I've, I've heard yeah. that. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's just part. This is, you know, however it turned out to be that way or why, this is what it is when you deal with them in any close capacity. And, and, and because by the time, duality. yeah, all the time, and by the time you had started encountering them, they'd been doing this for a decade and a half. And yeah. so that long as a rock and roll person on the road and having the pressures of putting out records and having this, that, and the other thing, there's just, uh, um, it would change you, I think, and into a harder person. So you'd be used to having to be somewhat um, uh, emphatic about <laughs> what you wanted with a, with a, just to get it. Yeah, certainly. You know, I think the whole... You know, first American tour, especially for Ray Davies, was just a shock. It was a shock. You know, he had just, you know, had this brand new baby and uh, his teenage wife was at home. And there was just, it was too much. And then it, the, the pressures just kept piling on and on. As you can imagine, the pressure was on him to write write more hits, write more hits, write more right. hits. Yeah. Where's you that know, next hit, Ray? Right? had this crack up in 66. Okay. And there is where you see the point after he's recovering from that, this change into character driven song. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, right. Okay. okay. Yeah. And there was actually, I've read, there's a speculation that from, that Ray was partially responsible for the band that he actually, he orchestrated it in a way because he didn't, he didn't want to come to the U.S. anymore. He didn't want to tour here. He just wanted to, to distance himself. So there is speculation that he kind of, he, he made himself so obnoxious and everything, and he sort of orchestrated that, uh, that whole thing, which you could kind of see. Uh, well, the subconscious doing. is always going to do what it's going to do. So whether Ray did it or didn't do it, he, you know, in some way he participated in it, or his subconscious, you know, desires. And, you know... And if, if there was a, a, that change into the air, yeah, the character-driven uh, uh, songs would give you a way to, um, I don't know, just um, not have to be, you know, the, the rock star. You, could, you yeah. could be these characters or you could inhabit these characters. Right. So it gives your writing a focus. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Marianne, were, were you with them? Because they kind of had a re- resurgence, like in the late seventies, early eighties, and when they did um, low budget, low budget record, right. and then they had that live yep. record, one from the road. So you were with them. Yep, that was the okay. exact time. Yeah. See, that was when I first really started getting into them and buying their records, and then I discovered I got uh, the Chronicles, Kings Chronicles, and then I realized, oh, yeah, and I realized that they weren't like this new band, and I always, yeah. I always imagined the Kinks of sort of falling into um, punk in a way. I always sort of equated them with punk, and I don't know why, I don't know if it was just because of their name or because I heard You Really Got Me, and that definitely sounds yeah. garagey, uh, punkish, yeah, yeah. but I always thought of them like that, and then when I discovered all these early records and it was like, Oh my God, these are, uh, it was just out of left field, but they were still so great. And, uh, so um, amazing. And, uh, I well, just a lot really, of, uh, the way a lot of probably kids 
encountered the kinks. <laughs> I hate to do this to you, but was by that uh, the first Van Halen record. You oh, know? right. You're, oh, you're without really, a doubt. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Although, uh, they were on the radio at the time, and I do remember the song Low Budget being, you know, that was, right. a, that was a hit. Even though I don't yeah. think it reappeared. It's not one of those ones that gets played often. No, and then they had... Superman, which was almost a disco, had a little disco-y right. yeah. thing going right. to it. Everybody yeah. had to do their disco record. Yeah, exactly. Right. The Kiss did it. The Kinks oh. did it. <laughs> yeah. The Stones. Stones did it. Stones Everybody. sure did. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. So let's get uh, – one yeah, thing, get one thing on I, always, I always like to mention with things like this, just because it's good, because I'm a songwriter myself, and, and this just helps to, to, uh, to make me feel bad about myself. But Ray Davies <laughs> was 24 years old when, this, when, when right. he, he wrote these songs. Yeah. yeah. It's important to remember. Because <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but you are very mature. Yes. And yeah. it, maybe that's part of being – the younger person in this older family. Right, right. Because all his sisters are much older, his parents are much older, so he's lived in this more nostalgic, older family climate all his life. Yes, I've always felt like he was an old soul. Even then, it's like I still, I kept listening to it, I kept having, and going over it now, I kept having to remind myself, holy shit, he's only 24 years old. This is unbelievable. Yeah, and... uh, And it is okay. So we got uh, we got obviously Ray Davies and his brother Dave Davies, uh, and then you got on bass. And now this was also the last record with the with this lineup with the original lineup. This was their sixth record, and this okay. was their last record yeah. with Pete uh, Quaif on bass and yes. Mick Avery on drums. And this was the last one with Pete. Um, yeah. Right. And they also had uh, Nikki Hopkins played uh, a lot of keyboards and. Mellotron on this, and I read something funny. Of course, he ended up. Him and Ray had bad blood because <laughs> <laughs> because Nikki got mad because Ray basically said that he that Ray Davies played uh, most of the piano uh, on the record, uh, and Nikki said no, I played most of the piano <laughs> on the record. So yeah, you can absolutely hear Nikki Hopkins on this record. Oh yeah, you yeah, without a doubt, they- right? Yeah, and um, Rasa Davies, Rasa Davies, uh, Ray's wife, uh, sings backup vocals like she did on. A lot of their uh, records and uh, most of them, yeah. And which that, is, it's shocking to me that she received any credit for that because oh, I know, once right? You know she's on there. You hear her. In oh, you hear her all over, and it's that real pretty because Dave Dave would do the uh, the the high male backup vocals, right. but all that pretty female vocals was all her. It was wow. all Ray Davies' work. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, so let's get let's get into the record already. Let's get in, uh, first song. Side one is the Village Green Preservation Society. That's right, and it sets the it's like the uh, uh, it opens the curtain on this world. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and Donald and the funny thing is that Donald Duck is in the first verse. Oh yeah, yeah. He he definitely throws in some uh, um, and, American and, thing. Yeah. Um, He's got some great lines in this song. He says, "We are the Sherlock Holmes English-speaking vernacular. vernacular. Help oh. save Fu Manchu, um, Moriarty, and Dracula." <laughs> so Dracula. he rhymes vernacular with Dracula. It's a, it's a triumph of rhyming, <laughs> right? Exactly. It totally yeah. is. And then we are the office block persecution affinity. affinity. God save little shops, China cups, and, and virginity. virginity. Right. <laughs> Um, so the wordplay is just is no one can touch Ray Davies for this for the wordplay. Yeah. Play. 
And so as a, as a, how old were you when you got this? Six? Something like that? Uh, six or seven, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. and so, but this wasn't your first Kinks record. No, 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 no. I had, um, had the Kink Size album okay. and had singles well before that. I had had, you know, quite a few. I was a little record collector. That's, wow, that's what I love. That's awesome. That is so amazing. And, and you, so you've been a fan basically almost your whole life. You've been a Kinks fan. Absolutely. Wow, that's great. Yep, just like me and which band, Rob? Who's my? Who was my first record? Uh, a Tiny Tim. <laughs> Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. <laughs> Black Sabbath. Master of Reality. Yes. So that was my first album. But I think Marianne. That's why probably Marianne is probably much yeah. more well mm-hmm. adjusted than I you agree. Are. <laughs> yeah. Children of the Grave. I don't know. Is, yeah. I don't know. This was a very influential record on a little kid. Yeah, oh, yeah, I can imagine. But I also could imagine a lot of it, like you said, was almost like sing-songy kid things. But you obviously didn't know everything that was going on. Didn't know everything he was. No, there's about. no way that right, you could right. hear all the nuance in there. So I heard it, you know, just straight like kids how how they take anything. The way he said it was the way I took it. Right, right. So um, the with the light sounding sort of happy music throughout, and then you had these lyrics that would just. Flash, yeah, that kind of feeling and sort of sneak up on you and make you think. We're back, and Marianne called on on a different phone. Let's hear right. what you sound like now. Right. Hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay, we're good. That's better. That's better. Uh, we wanted you're saying you got so much great stuff to say. We want to make sure that we get you all. Barry, me and Barry obviously oh, should you. have the the bad mics. <laughs> True. Would, uh, yeah. Unless you give us the shitty help, phones. It would only help the podcast. Yeah. Well, we tried that. Remember, uh, we started off with we shitty. started out with yeah, really bad yeah microphones. Um, all right, so let's get into song number two. Is do you remember Walter? Oh, this is my favorite oh. song. <laughs> this is my oh. favorite song on the record. <laughs> and now it's like I feel like this is something you can't really appreciate. Until you're older, and then you remember people like this. Basically, yeah. well, go ahead. What do you? What's your take on this song? Well, I know you. I know exactly what he's talking about because when you do, yes, you go back to the high school reunion, and you go back, and you know, there's people that you remember that had a certain uh, life to them that seem to be no longer possessing that quality, and yeah. that's Walter. And he's not, he's not judging Walter. He's just saying. Uh, oh, he's judging a Walter. A little bit. He is a he's little bit. He's judging Walter. <laughs> Thank you, Marianne. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's where in are there, you now? Right? Yeah. It's I in think, there when he, yeah. he spits out fat and married. And oh, I yeah, know. Right, yeah. Oh, he's testing. not judging him. However, <laughs> there's still there's that duality in that he also has great compassion Right. Well, that's he does. The thing. He has compassion, yeah. and he's still yeah. Because a lot of this record is about remembering simpler times, and and you know, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, just times when 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 everything was was more innocent. You know, innocent, and well, and it's times. and it's as every probably review of this record states, he's talking about an England that never existed. So this is right. a, an idyllic place that he has constructed in his mind that he's talking right, about. Right. And he knows it. Right. Of course. Yeah, there's, so a, there's yeah, an irony in here, too. layers and yeah. layers of things. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, the music on this song is also incredibly inventive. There's yeah. just little touches. There's this little guitar break in every, that just, it's a little blues riff that kicks in. That, 
and every time it doesn't, I'm like, that is just genius. It just is saying something. It's so right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I was gonna say that. As great, all his songs. The great thing about Ray Davies' songs is it's not just the lyrics. The, the music plays as big a part as telling the whole story as the lyrics do. It's like amazing how he does that, but it's true. He but like the funny thing is, okay, how does a six-year-old feel about Walter is the question. I, uh, you know, the picture that I had of Walter was just as he painted him, some boring, fat guy in yeah, a bar right. lounger. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it Walter. wasn't cool at <laughs> yeah. all. And I had no right. understanding of this is a common experience to us all. Yeah. I couldn't see into the future that someday I'd be looking back and mourning a friendship and feeling that somebody had changed. Yeah. Right, right. Not only changed, but that something was, he was gone. Right. Like, where are right. you now? Like, but he says, but he says, yes, people often change, but memories, memories of people, people can remain. That's right. And that's what's, um, there's an, there's, Nostalgia and irony in this because yes, he, absolutely. He just and speaking of memories, we get into the third song, which is as you notice, a, a Rob picture. will move, Rob will move it well, along. Got to move along. He will you move the freight train. Along. Yeah, do it. someone has to. Uh, a picture book, which is the first song in the record about taking about pictures and photography. That's right. Um, and I, I've read, I've read that Ray wasn't a fan of having his picture taken. But we're speaking to someone that took many pictures of Ray. So, what's your take on that, Marianne? I had a very unique experience when I went over to England when I was um, 20 years old, and I got to spend a little time with one of his sisters. Oh, nice! Wow. And she was living in the house that Ray had at the time when he was writing this material. Oh, wow. And honest to God, she brought out a shoebox of family pictures. Wow. Please tell me you grabbed no, at least one picture on. and sh- you sh- can't shoved it down your pictures. dress or something, Marianne. I was just, you know, trying, <laughs> not, I would have trying done to that. keep my mouth, you know, just shut and right, listen. Right, right, right. And, and so seeing that little part of their family and that nostalgia and surely many, many times in his life, he would have been looking at these old family pictures and because they had a large family, an extended family. Right. Um, where when you get that, I mean, this is a poppy, happy song, and then you, you get absolutely skewered by the line, those days when you were happy a long time ago. Yeah. I know. Feel <laughs> yeah. The isolation that he probably felt Maybe his whole life. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, there is the uh, cauldron that forges the artist, you know, that doesn't come yeah. from nothing. So, uh, um, Wow, that's, that's awesome, though. That's amazing that you got to... Uh, and then how would sister. he get... Just amuse me. How would he get... Why would he continue to be in a band with his brother if, they, if he just could, really resented him? Was it um, just they played so well together that Ray just couldn't not... There, they both acknowledge this, that there is a magic with the two of them that is irreplaceable. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's probably like a, a pragmatic thing. I mean, you realize, oh, okay, I got this. I have this tool that I could use, <laughs> yeah. even though sometimes he is a tool. Yeah. And uh, why would I not use it? Yeah, and it's really true because, yeah, uh, yeah Dave, Dave uh, Davies really adds so much uh, to these, whether it's just a really great 
a guitar line, yeah. guitar riff, or yeah. backup. A lot of his backup vocals. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Fantastic. Yeah, you you can't fake that. Uh, brothers, two brothers harmonizing, singing together. Right. Oh, shit. Uh, right. <laughs> and this is another song that's just soaked in you know, nostalgia. But this one. Real nostalgia for his own uh, his own family that box of pictures right, that his right. sister and, and dragged one out. One thing that's I don't really I don't have a problem with with songs and commercials, but it kind of it's annoying that when I hear this, I automatically think of that printer commercial. You know what I remember? That. I remember that commercial in detail though. So it turned out to be an excellent marketing tool for the company. Yeah, because it was. I, I do. But I'm kind of pissed off that it kind of you know colors my enjoyment of the song. Now here's the thing though. How many people printer. might have gone and heard that heard this album that because oh, oh that's a great song. Younger people especially yeah. uh, discovered it. I I know for sure because I went on YouTube and I looked and people, you know, they always say you found it because of, you know, yeah. the there commercial. So that's cool. Um, and picture picture book of people with each other to prove they love each other. A long oh, that's time another ago. devastating line. <laughs> it is. That's it the is. one where you really? go. Oh. And he revisits that whole theme, like right at the end of the record. He's got the other song with that. Yes. So, um, all right. I think this is a good point. Uh, we're about halfway, so we're gonna let's take a little break. Let's refill our drinks. We're gonna let, go buy some new phones. Maybe, everybody. Mar- yeah. Maybe Marianne <laughs> can call us on um, uh, walkie-talkie or something. <laughs> no, Marianne's gonna stay no, no, on you, this you line. You sound fine on this one. So we're just so gonna pause right. for a second. Take a little break, and we're gonna come back with that record. Got me high. Right now, time to meet up with Ray Davis of the Kinks. Ray, on your new LP, you have, I think for the first time, adopted an all-embracing theme. Well, yeah, you could say that, Brian, actually. Well, I did, actually. It's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> what, what sort of gave you the, the basic idea for this particular album? Well, um, I was looking for a title for the album about three months ago when we'd finished most of the tracks. And somebody said that one of the things the Kinks have been doing for the last three years is preserving some things, nice things from the past. So I thought I'd write a song which, which said this, you know. Yeah. What have you been preserving? Well, sort of uh, money. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and the, the nice, nice little thing, jam tarts and yeah. Donald Duck. Yeah. All right, that record got me high. We're back. We're back. That's Barry Stock. That's Rob Belba. And, and we've got our special guest today. Uh, yeah. Marianne Spellman from... <laughs> From Kirkland, Washington, actually, but we call it the... She's in the Seattle Metroplex. Yes. Right. And if you want to know where that is, you just say Seattle. <laughs> right, yeah, like we're in Miami. Where do you guys live? Oh, we live in Miami. Okay. We were chatting right. in the break, right. and we found out she's got, a, she's got a 16-year-old daughter that she would never send out on tour with the Kinks. <laughs> or, or we, she, we didn't <laughs> no. let her answer, so she should talk. <laughs> well, the Kinks are reform, they're, they're reforming, so you actually could send her the... How awesome would that be? If she? They will not reform. I'm just going to say that right now. Oh, really? Uh, you don't <laughs> think so? Not going to happen. Okay. No. It's probably for the best. Probably for the best, right? You know, the more maybe people like me would say, oh, no, it'll never happen, that will fire them up to do it just in spite. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) you know. But, I would go. I would go see him. I would go see Ray by himself. I would go see Dave by himself, but I would definitely go see that. Yeah. I'm just going by historical precedence. Right. No, you're you're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah. All right. Do these. Um, um, So tell us. We said, you know, you're, you wouldn't send your daughter out on tour at the Kinks, but, you know, you, uh, the 70s were, were different, or the early 80s, and um, you, you did, so how much of a shock was that when you got out on the road with uh, um, those guys? Oh, it, it couldn't have been more of a shock. I had never been on an airplane. <laughs> I had, <laughs> seriously, I had never, I was a pretty sheltered kid, um, and 
but the great thing about this and the great thing about how they were towards me is that I was never put in any kind of compromising That's great. situations. I was always treated with respect. That's great. Um, no complaints whatsoever. I was she wasn't very... on tour with Motley Crue. Well, I was so. thinking, yeah, that, this, yeah, I was thinking she said she never went on an airplane. And I remember, oh, the Stones made a sort of unofficial movie on an airplane. Oh, you remember right. that one? Oh, that's right. <laughs> no. All right, moving no, on. No, they were... <laughs> moving on. Yeah. All right, we got song number four, which is Johnny Thunder. Oh. Now I now now do you yeah. know I couldn't not find any definitive proof that uh, Johnny Thunder's Come called on. himself after, but he's oh, it's got to be right. It's got to be right. What do you think? Got to be. Oh, you think? Oh my God! Come on, I Johnny Thunder. So he because did. it's a it's a song. He just stole it. I, he, he had stole to his have gotten his name from it. He's got to yeah. He and look at the guy fan, in the song. Yeah, he's a fan of rock and roll. Yeah, and it, it's about a rebel biker. And I did read that Ray God he was inspired by the. Wild One. You saw the movie The Wild oh, okay. One. And yeah, that's sort of... kind of what I was thinking. Right, right. Yeah, but so I think Johnny it. Thunders definitely. Yeah, at some point he, heard, he saw the name of the song. He saw Johnny. I'm going to call myself Johnny Thunders. Or he saw it and forgot about it and then needed to come up with a name and was like, oh, Johnny Thunders. That's what I'm going to be. And then uh, he forgot that he actually stole it from the Kings. <laughs> it's, it's possible. It's right, possible. Right. Uh, but it's great. I mean, um, Thunder and lightning, though everybody tried their best, old Johnny vowed that he would never, never ever, ever end, end up, up like, like the, the rest. rest. Yeah. Dun, 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 Rides the highway, <laughs> moves like lightning. And he says, What an exquisite vocal arrangement on this song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, All the la la la's and the, the lilting lift of things. And I think that the arrangement gives you, again, you feel that compassion for this this town outcast right well this is there's some overlap with uh uh ian hunter mott the hoople you remember uh, um all the young dudes some of the english yes. characters in that album and i'm sure of course ian had you know was keenly aware of ray davies talents yeah <laughs> oh i'm sure yeah um but some of uh perhaps uh ian's characters might have been a little more of the authentic biker behavior than the uh, uh, um, than the the um, idealized Johnny Thunder, <laughs> as yeah, I recall. I wouldn't be sure that Ray had ever met a biker, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. He saw I, one ride by. I agree. I feel like that. Yeah. I feel like Ray would a lot of times write about people that sort of he thought he felt were like not you know yeah. like like a little cooler than he was or cooler than he was being that's great though because then you you get you know you get this idealized perspective that's yeah like a painting you know God bless Johnny sweet Helena just says God bless Johnny yeah man and you know Marianne one thing I wanted to ask you in in the first song Village Green uh, they say um, God save this and God save that did they when did they start with the God save the kinks thing was it was it after this record or was that kind of a, a, a precursor to that yeah I believe that that went directly along with the promotion from Reprise for this record. Oh, okay, there was a, okay. A promotional um, set called uh, the God Save the Kinks box set that was very limited and sent out to reviewers and, you know, Rolling Stone or whatever. And it contained sort of this medley album plus tracks from Village Green and then this these themed items like a little bag of village green grass <laughs> and a little British flag and 
and uh, you know oh, a sticker. So you know, it's just great. bizarre marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. Definitely, God Save the Kinks is coming from that. Right, right. Because I I didn't think of it till I was just really going over. Because I just I mean I I listened to this record so many times that when. I'm sure you find this when you listen to the records, you you like know you anticipate the next song that's coming up, and you oh, know yeah. the whole sequence of the oh, whole yeah. record. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but it just it just sort of hit me. Oh my God, he's saying God save this, God save that, and that's God save the Kinks. That must be right when it came about. So uh, it is definitely that's and, cool. And next we got Last of the Steam Power Train, another just fantastic song with some great the riffs in it are so inventive. Yeah, and it's got, and towards the end, it gets into this, it gets like faster and almost, yeah. I, I want to say punk. This is why I thought they yeah. had like the little punk elements in them. Well, about course, when, yeah. yeah, and it gets like wild and then it goes back into the main part of the song. And this is another song where he's talking about a, a dying breed of people and about uh, about and, uh, like an old soul, and he was only he's only twenty four years old, and he's yeah. writing about the last of the steam powered trains. Yeah, I always wondered if he had to pay royalties to Smokestack Lightning for this. Well, <laughs> <clears throat> there were other um, actually. It, this has come up on the podcast before, but um, that the blues guys that ma- that got made money off of lawsuits. Uh, against white rock musicians also were had pilfered their material. So um, <laughs> Smokestack Lightning doesn't come from nowhere and maybe we'll go into that in another podcast, but I can I have source material that you'd be like uh, oh really? Oh yeah. Okay, Alan Wolf and Willie Dixon. We know what you're doing, buddy. So, so but I would say is, probably didn't. And by the way, Marion, I think if you had if you mentioned that to Ray, if he ever paid royalties, he would probably never speak to you again. <laughs> I, Who knows? Well, well do, do you remember? Did, did you read? I'm sure you read that the Kinks Chronicles book by the John Mendelssohn. He wrote oh, that. Yes. All right. It, do you remember at one point in the book, Ray got mad at him and made him stop the car and just got out of the car. Well, and that was the yeah. last. The good news. Right, the good yeah. news is he didn't smash him in the face with a cane like Ginger Baker. In the uh, oh well, Ginger <laughs> Baker. Come on, we're right. on a whole nother level there. True. 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 <laughs> he was a b- b- hardcore psychopath from way back. <laughs> uh, yeah, this song is amazing, and um, it's the music goes with the material in a way that's just seamless. Yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah, this is the closest they had to a uh, you know contemporary blues jam since they did Milk Cow Blues right. in 1965. <laughs> right, it you had know. been a while. Yes, yes. And now we get to song number six, which oh. is Big Sky. Yeah, this one's great. And this oh. one definitely has a, a, a different feel, uh, especially at the beginning of it. And uh, Ray's doing like sort of a voiceover narration almost yeah. thing instead of singing. And it's really cool. It, you wonder if he had something very particular, a visual in mind, because you've got that. Yeah, that, right. Speaking voice that's, that's, you know, talking about how Big Sky, you know, doesn't yeah. care. And then you have this beautiful, one day we'll be free. And, and it's a completely different tone of this hopefulness. Right, and right. And then it goes back to the sort of the authority. Yep. I just um, felt like Big Sky was the, uh, um, the omniscient sort of uh, figure. It's the, it's 
The om- this it's omniscient- about feeling. It's about our our smallness in the vastness exactly. of the universe. Exactly, because Big Sky feels sad when he sees the children scream and cry, but the Big Sky is too big to let it get him down. So right. don't let it's it get just you a, down. It's just a momentary. When I feel the world's too much for me, I think of the Big Sky, and nothing matters much to me. That's right. This definitely confused me as a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. it's like. Okay, uh, and literally, just like, okay, do you are you into God? Or are you not into God? No, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, what do you I, think? Right. I've always wondered that about Ray because he does have he has um, uh, God's children, and he's written uh, he's written some sort of um, religious type thing. So, uh, what do you think? I don't think Ray's a complete uh, atheist or agnostic. I don't think so. Mayor, I don't what think do you so think? either. Yeah. Right? I don't think so either. I think he he keeps that open. Right, right. And he probably any- has that, probably the way he grew up, it's probably so yeah. instilled in him, you know, that he's just... Was uh, his family uh, religious in any way? Do you well, know? they had so many goddamn kids, they probably were, right? <laughs> were they? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, think they went, I think they went to church school, and I think it was part of their lives, but I don't think that they were, like, overtly religious people. But I think it was certainly, there was a spirituality in that family. You know, because they had had things that they had suffered. You know, the the loss of one of Ray's sister sisters in uh, 1957. Oh, so okay. as a family, they had to to weather that, and you know, other you know, real hardships. Right. Yeah. So perhaps that was something that they kind of kept in the back pocket. Yeah. For hard times. I will say, I do have I have some friends who are reli- very religious, like Christian friends, and they're very big uh, fans of. Uh, Ray Davies and his songs, and there's a lot. They even songs that you wouldn't think were overtly Christian. They they, can, they, they like and they say in they there. do. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, that's fine. Yeah. So, and which he, he probably wouldn't mind. You know, he'd probably be okay with that. And uh, <laughs> all right, so we get to the last. We guess. now we get to the last song on side one of the record, which is "Sitting by the Riverside." Where did this come from? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what yeah. What year is this? Yeah. I know, I know, it's right? Be Bing Crosby in the thirties. Right, it song. is. Yeah, right. Except it's got what that. Does... It's, yeah, it's got that weird little chromatic mellotron. The, the, yeah. I think it's a mellotron that comes in and it almost gives it a little dark, like little yeah. ominous yes. feel to it, yeah, right? Yeah. And yes. I wonder, and I think you got to think it, that's done on purpose. Absolutely on purpose, oh, yes. Oh, right. Otherwise, you'd have this piece of candy fluff. Right, right? exactly. And then you've got this dizzy. <laughs> break in there that yes in exactly its sounds very sinister right because aside from that it's literally about sitting uh, by the riverside <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. a little song about sitting by the riverside yeah but that little uh that little musical uh part that comes in a couple it's times distorted and sort of weird and yeah, yeah. and but it's great it's a great and even the riverside there's just a sort of off kilter quality to it that lets you know that um Maybe this person's not quite as um, maybe it's not quite as uh, content as they are. Yeah, they're yeah. in denial. Well, that, that's probably a good. <laughs> maybe that's yeah, Ray. That I know. I was just going to say that's probably a good. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, All right. So that's the end of side one. So now we got side two. Opens up with the song "Animal Farm," which I, I know when I heard it. Of course, when you when you go to the first thing you think of is Orwell. the Orwell book, but I don't think this has anything. I, I don't to do either. With that at all. What do you think, Mayor? I don't see anything that ties into it. Right, honestly. right, nothing. I think it's just called, but um, and it's sort of because he, he's using the animals 
uh, completely like an opposite way the way Orwell yeah, they're really did. animals. Yes. And, uh, yeah, these are really animals, and it's like he, he wants to get to the farm, and he wants to get away from uh, the people that are like fake people that, you know, the, the fake people and everything, and he, and he wants to get, he, he's longing for the salt of the earth farm life, which I which I still think with Ray is kind of, yeah, is, no. is not genuine. So, Amir, I'll it's just not. ask, that. I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you, they didn't live in a, a, a dirty old shack, I guess. <laughs> No, they lived in a, a nice, semi-detached in, you know, what was considered sort of suburban North London. Right. Um, you know, it had nothing to do with farms, and it had nothing <laughs> to do really with, like, the super gritty parts of the city. Right. It was pleasant. Yeah. And, and, and I think even when he sings about things like this, he's not, he makes it sound like he aspires to be there, but he doesn't, I don't think he really does. Not I really. Think he really no. I think he drove wants by to go it. live on a farm. Yeah. Yeah, he drove no. by it, and he said, oh, look. And then he wrote a song about it, and or he read a book, or you know, and if these are idealized things, and that's there's something to be said for that, right? It's a form of art, you know. Well, in that his imagination can lift up our imaginations yeah. to go to the same place, exactly, is remarkable. But yeah. again, in this in this lyric, in this idyllic world, you've got the puncturing sentence you know it's a hard hard world if it gets you down dreams often fade and die yeah yeah Yeah. right he's singing about yeah these uh yeah yeah right and he says yeah he says i'll take you where real animals are playing and people are real people not just plain right um yeah so uh yeah he throws in ray always manages to throw in a little gotcha in the song he does he doesn't let you uh relax you're like oh okay yeah he's um (laughs) <laughs> he is um, not, right. a, not a happy camper. And, and now well, we... it makes you, again, he's, he's speaking to your intelligence right. with these kind of things, that it's not simple, yeah. and these are little puzzles that you can yeah. go back to a hundred times yeah. Oh, yeah. and hear in a different way. Oh, yeah, and it's, and it's so funny. It sounds very elitist to say, but don't you always feel like you've got to be a little more intelligent well, yeah. to appreciate the I kinks? I think that's a lot the problem the with the kinks is that there was that element that it was, there was a little bit too, and Rob loves the word clever because one yeah, of Yeah, but, 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 um, but there is something. I mean, you're, any idiot can listen to the Stones and enjoy a Stones song, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. We're gonna we, we're, we're gonna R- definitely Rob's have to take that out. All right, uh, we get to the next song, Village Green. Who's talking about Village Green again? <laughs> Something very important to know about this song is that it was first recorded two full years before the Village Green album came out. Really. So here is the genesis. Yeah. Okay, okay. So he wrote this song, and then eventually he sort of created it's been, it an was album around up it. in there. It was yeah. just as cooking wow. in his mind. And uh, when you see it, when you when you know that, then you can go back to face to face with something else, and you can see where the character development and Village Green Preservation Society it's bubbling, it's beginning, wow. it's flowing through. Wow! And then this this song was saved. You put on this, you know, concept record. Wow. Oh. So he had a little note in a, in a notebook that said, you know, this one, put a check mark next to this one. And and this uh, and this is another one of those songs where the music is just as important as the lyrics. Yeah. Like the music and the melody are so 
cinematic they paint such a picture and it's a short song it's only like a two minute song yeah and it's yeah. just uh, yeah and it's just amazing what he does with photographs appear again the photography is uh, yep. uh they snap their photographs and say god, god oh, darn, darn it isn't it a pretty scene <laughs> what a terrible accent but very funny yes I miss the village green and all the simple people. I miss the village green, the church, the clock, the steeple. I miss the morning dew, fresh air, and Sunday school. So, um, yeah. But he, I don't think he really does. I no, think right. He, I I agree with you. Right. He misses I agree the with idea you. of these things. Yeah, and, and right, and he. He likes singing about it, and he likes musing about it. But yeah, I don't. Th- I agree with you. I don't right, if he had to get really a lady bored out of his, and he's only mind. twenty. But he's a twenty-four-year-old right. rock star. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, imagine. You know, you grow up in this. You leave it to travel the world. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 You yeah. see things that none of your family, none of your contemporaries, they don't share those experiences, and they never will. And they never and will. No, never will, can't right. understand. And then you move back to the same neighborhood with your very young family doing yeah. family things. And you're, who do you share these experiences with? <laughs> yeah, you don't. He misses, no. yeah, I don't know. He misses the innocence that he had. Right. Yeah. But because right. you, you can't go back, you can't un. Um, un see things or unexperienced things for good or for ill when you go back those uh sometimes those simple things are um charming but you see the limits of now, right yeah. now but this next song i feel like kind of slaps things into reality because this next song <laughs> yeah. he's like he is the rock star starstruck he's singing what he's singing to a starstruck fan sure of course mary he's probably singing to marianne nah, basically. i think he's uh singing to a, a young <laughs> a young a young Chrissy Hine, yes, right, of course. Oh. I, you know, I, I see this song as a companion, a cousin to the girl in Big Black Smoke and the girl in Little Miss Queen of Darkness. Yep. This sort of lost little dolly bird yep. in in big old London, who he must have seen many a time. Oh, right, right, yeah. Sure. You know, and just the warnings that he gives in each yes. of those songs. <laughs> beware fame beware people right. that will trick you maybe, yeah that first verse is baby the, watch out yeah. or else you'll be ruined because once you're addicted yeah. to wine and champagne it's going to drive you insane because the world's not so tame baby yeah. you, you don't know what you're doing because you're a victim of bright city lights and your mind is not right not right you think the world's at your feet oh yeah we've seen we, we have seen we do see that in action with the young and you just want to say to them, you know, you, you might want to, you know, take a closer look at what's going on. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't even want to say, I, I just want to slap them. I don't even want yeah. to say anything anymore. It's an interesting position for a young male rock star to take. Right, exactly, exactly, for a 24-year-old rock star. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But he was not, he was not an ordinary, Ray Davies is not an no. ordinary soul at he's all. Not, he he's special, not Mick Jagger. No, he is a special no. person unto himself. He is a, you would almost say he's a phenomenal cat. Horrible <laughs> <laughs> oh, segue. Yeah, which is uh, misspelled. It's misspelled on the, on the, on the, on the original, original record. Yeah. And uh, someone didn't spell check. They didn't. Well, they didn't have spell check then. They didn't have Google. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one's 
a little different sounding also it tune. Is. Um, a long time ago in the land of idiot boys, <laughs> there lived a cat, a phenomenal cat, who loved to wallow all day. Well, this is a fable, right? This one's yeah. like this one's like a fable. This one's like really a fable. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's like Alice in Wonderland. Yep. It's it's just for me. It was just so clearly a little storybook. Yes. Right. No more, no less. Oh yeah, yeah. you must have loved. Life. You must have loved this song turn when you were page, little, right? Because right. you next got, song, turn the page. You got Dave Davies' his sped up voice is supposedly the the cat. That's Dave Davies' voice sped up. Is he's supposed to be the cat in the song? That's awesome. Once when he was thin, he had flown to old Hong Kong and had learned the secret of life in the sea and the sky beyond. So he gave up his diet and sat in a tree and ate himself through eternity. So, <laughs> now, can't you picture him? You can yeah, picture him. Of yeah, absolutely, 100%. It, and it's very much... Uh, um, I, I, this, yeah, Alice in Wonderland. That's exactly what you're... Yeah. You're exactly yeah, dead great. on about that. The uh, um, quality, the fantastical quality of it, yes. right? And the, the the hallucinogenic quality that, of it. Yeah, as well. for sure. Yes. And now the next song, we get into more of a real thing, which a real thing, which a lot of people could relate to. And I really, I like this song. All of my friends <laughs> were there, and uh, this song, I think I, I read, uh, I read that he wrote this about a specific uh, event that happened with him. And he said, That's true. It's a true yeah. story. He said it was an R&B concert, and I had a temperature of 104, but they asked me to do it because oh there was a contract. I had lots, yeah. I had lots <laughs> to drink. They asked me to do it because there was a contract. Yeah. Oh, that means you had to <laughs> do it. He said he had a lot to drink, and he thought, it doesn't matter. The curtains open, and all of his friends were sitting in the front row. He said it was a terrible yeah, night. And he said it was a terrible night, and I thought I would write a song about it. <laughs> you got to oh, do something. It's great. And the it really music is great. that he chose. It's, it's just so great. Here you've got this don't 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 yes. sort of polka thing yes. morphing into this sad wall when <laughs> right. he sees all his friends there. It's so to good. Feel it's his so drunken, good. morose. Yes. You know, like oh no. It's yeah. It's 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 unbelievable. It's so good. Very funny song. <laughs> it is. It is very funny and relatable. Very relatable. Yes. And now we meet. We meet wicked Annabella. Which, uh, um, do you think, Annabella, this is just another storybook type thing, right? Yes, exactly. It's just, you, it's the Halloween story. Yeah, right, right. Uh, foreboding, starts out very foreboding in a dark and misty house where no Christian man has been. Wicked Annabella mixes a brew that no one's ever seen. It's the, you know, it's so creepy, but at the same time, it's the most contemporary sounding of the songs because you have the sort of the fuzzy freak out and right you know yes. it makes more sense for its time than um, the rest of the record does yeah and then dave with his sort of crispy high whispering voice is really perfect <laughs> yeah you're right you're right <laughs> i know that, that that's true you you just can't Discount enough. I mean, I know we talk so much about Ray, obviously, because Ray is the songwriter. you know writes yeah, the songs right. and he's the songwriter. But yeah, the contributions they made, and there's just something about, especially these older Kinks records. They didn't sound like the other records. Like like who? I always thought I always thought like uh, the Who had their thing where they had this like 
they made this huge sound right. with these musicians. Right. And and the Stones were all about the the swagger. They had the swagger exactly. and everything. Yeah. But the Kinks were sort of like their own little thing. I they mean, their were. song they, yeah. they didn't sound like other bands. The production was not like uh, the other nope. bands of the time. Yeah. Hence their, their somewhat l- less commercial success than right, the, the right. swagger and the bombast of the Who and the Stones. But it's also more interesting. It's stuff you could revisit, well, yeah, and, revisit and not sound dated I or agree. not sound like anything like of its own in its own little world. I, I agree that these records have a, have stood they stand the test of time more than, you know, you listen to a Stones album from, you know, from what 67, 68 and you know, there's some good songs on it, but th- they didn't make great albums. Charlie's not going to do our podcast now, you know. He's not going to listen to this, so it's not a problem. <laughs> That's true. He won't. Um, we're talking about Charlie Pickett, by the way. Uh, Marion, don't worry about him. He isn't, he's, That's he, all right. He isn't anyone important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, well. All right. all right. So we get to the song Monica, which um, Ray, Ray never actually says Monica's a prostitute, but she's obviously a, a prostitute, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. And which would have been scandalous. The thing about a prostitute in 1968 would have still been kind of scandalous at the time, right? Oh, certainly. It you know, wouldn't have been considered appropriate by Pi right. or something. Right, you know, probably wouldn't be played on, a on the BBC. Record. Yeah, wouldn't be played on the BBC. So he right. kind of. But, but there's nothing overt in there. Right. You know, obviously, I didn't get it whatsoever. No, no. Just just thought, many years oh, later. Oh, Monica, yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> He was really good. Ray was really good about that, about sneaking things in. Uh, and uh, under the lamplight, Monica stands at midnight, and every guy he thinks he could buy her love, but money can't buy sweet loving from Monica. They can buy something, but apparently it's not love. Not her love. No, they can't buy her love. Or at least sweet love. love. Sweet love, right. <laughs> Maybe she's hardcore. And this, We don't know. We don't know. This song, like a lot of, uh, he's got some songs that have this uh, a Calypso vibe to it. And this is yeah. one of those Calypso, uh, uh, that, and it's a catchy, it's a, like a really catchy song too. It's really Indeed good. Indeed it is. Yeah, and you've, you've heard that earlier in his, his work, even as, you know, as early as 65, you'll hear him sing in that little lilt and they have a little bit of that rhythm going on. So, right, right. And where did he get know, that? He probably had a Calypso record. I wonder where he got record. that from. Somebody had a Calypso, had a Calypso record, record, you know. Right, it could have been. It could have been. Who knows what you know was going on he picked, London at it's the like, time, or yeah, Jonathan Richmond. They they took one trip to what Bermuda. Oh God, and it ruined his band. <laughs> right, he came back and was like, <laughs> "I want to sound like the hotel band in Bermuda." And you yes, know, listen to listen to our John, uh, goodbye, to our modern, modern lovers, lovers episode. If you want to hear about that, all right. right. <laughs> so we're at the final song of the record. It's pe- it, again with the pictures. It's people take pictures of right. each other. What a song. I know, I know. It's such a, and, and I guess this song wasn't on, because this record, like originally they had a record and they even released it in, 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 in Europe, right? And then he. Yeah, the famous 12 track version right. in Sweden and Norway. Right. Yes, and then he decided he wasn't happy with it and he wanted other songs, and, and this is a convoluted. song. Convoluted. There's a convoluted sort of release history of this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Right, yeah. it is. But, well, I think Ray's kind of crazy. Well, they were, you know, they're they're fishing around for, he probably unsatisfied with any final product. He wants to be able to tweak it. I've heard you use the term perfectionist about them or about him, especially. And that's what happens is, oh, well, they start second guessing once things come out. Right. Well, keep in mind, this was the first record, the first album he produced on his own. 
Oh, okay. Oh, okay. oh right. right. So that's why it sounds different. That's it why does. It does. Village Green sounds different than the rest of the record. Oh, because it was so much. It was such an older song. It was like a it was, yeah, and it was song, a co-production right? with Shel Talmy, oh, who did you know the rest okay. of their records. Right. So right. you'll. It's really easy to hear that that sounds a little bit more on the face-to-face side than oh, okay, the Village Green okay. Preservation Society. So here he's got. You know, he's taking control, which he wanted for a long, long time. Right. Complete control of how his songs are going to sound in the studio. Right. And he made it's, this it's, masterpiece. So I guess he, he probably knew what he was doing. And, amazing. Uh, yeah. And this song, so, so the theme of it is basically how people take pictures of each other just to prove that they really existed. And, uh, and he says how fathers take pictures of the mothers and the sisters take pictures of brothers just to show that they love one another. And how prescient is this song for where we are today with like Instagram and Facebook oh, and everything, you know, it's, it's kind of gives you chills. If right. You think about it. Right. You know, it's amazing. It, it's a, Cause he nails yeah. it. This song could have been written last week. Right. Right. And you know, and the, the line from a time when they mattered to someone. Right. Right. The rejection right. of the nostalgia that the whole album celebrates. Yeah, right. It was like at the end. Oh, by and the don't way. Don't show me no don't more. Don't show please. me no more, please. Right. Yes. <laughs> the interesting thing about this song and the end of this song is that the version on the 12 track version fades out and then fades in very, very quietly to a brass band. Oh, really? Interesting. Yes, which fades out again. This, you know, for copyright reasons, this was taken off every other release in the world. Uh. But when you hear that, because ending on this line, don't show me no more, please, is grim. Right. right. But coming back with that uh, little brass band, Lakota. the nostalgia, yeah, faded. It's, it's not it's dead. It's very quiet. Yeah, it's like the end of the movie where it, it ends and then they show you a reason to not lose all hope. Right. <laughs> Is wow, that right? That's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. Oh, you know, man. and it's so quiet, and, and it's not a loud statement. It's a tiny statement, but it's there. Right. Very clever. Oh, man. Oh, that's awesome. So genius, Ray Davies. Yes. Well, we did it, man. We got through this record, and uh, man, Marianne, I feel like I could sit and talk to you well, for, she's literally, be on again. <laughs> for literally days You're on the hook about now. the kinks. Uh, oh, it's so much fun. Great. You know, it's just a, a joy to be able to discuss these wonderful songs that have meant so much to me and, and so many other people, yeah. they will always, we could we could do this program again five times and say different things. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And it's so cool because when you listen to it when you're young and you listen to it and when you realize other people also really listen to it and, and it affected them as well, that's that's really, that's so cool, you know, because sometimes uh, you just listen to, think and, uh, to things and you think... You're the only one, you know? And obviously, oh, I thought I was the only Kinks fan in the world. <laughs> well, you were maybe the only 16-year-old whose parents let them go on tour yeah, with them. But, so. uh, yeah, so you weren't the only in that. To be yeah. fair, I had to be 18. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh right, okay. <laughs> to be able to actually leave town. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, well, not according to Led Zeppelin. You no. Know? <laughs> that's a whole other... That wasn't happening. Yeah, <laughs> or Aerosmith. Yeah, that wouldn't have had no, as... No, no. ...as good an ending. That wouldn't have had as happy a happy ending. No. All right. So no, they're we're, a good uh, boy. Yeah, it seems that way. 
All right. So That's thank true. you. Uh, thanks again, Marianne. It was great having you. Uh, next thanks week. Thanks for asking me. Yeah. Next week we're doing. Uh, uh, well, uh, Have you forgotten another one? I think I remember another one of my favorite bands, which I couldn't pick a record to save to save my life. Guided by Voices, but uh, we got special guest Derek Hyde, who did pick a record. And it's Propeller. Propeller by Guided by Voices, and that's what we're doing next week. So uh, until then, uh, that's Barry Stock. That's Rob Belba, and we should just uh, once again say, make sure you check out and go to our website, thatrecordgotmehigh.com, for all of our episodes. And if you want to contact us, trgmh33 at gmail.com. Send us an email. Yes. And uh, on and Facebook, um, we're there. That record got me high, and we're on Instagram now too. At that record got me high. Right. Even though I've been schooled that on Instagram, you there you cannot <laughs> you do don't bother putting the links, Barry. Grandpa, the links don't work. Yeah, it's <laughs> all right. Thank you again, Marianne. It no was awesome. No pie for you. <laughs> oh, thank you guys. Had a blast. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye.